Welcome to Wisdom at the Crossroads. I'm your host, Amanda Onchalenko, and I'm excited to invite you into my studio practice remotely. Together, let's pause the rhythm of the day as we dive into the backstories of an artistic life, my life, exploring lessons learned through creativity and inspiration. So get yourself a beverage and let's settle in for a short while as we reflect on how some of my favourite paintings have evolved and what wisdom I have found at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Shrinking Violets are part of the Trespassing series. Undertaking this podcasting journey has been eye-opening in many ways for me. I'm learning new things, and also new things about myself, like the fact that I may or may not have been great with boundaries in the past. I was a hugger, for example, and I just might have been excited to see you. I'm sorry. The pandemic has taught us to reframe our personal spaces and to tighten our physical boundaries. Sitting on a plane, for example, after so long with a hockey stick distance between us makes everything feel, well, a little too close. Elbow room is something I would really like more of in confined spaces, I'm discovering. Shrinking Violet's The Painting is a small composition by my standards. She doesn't take up much room physically, though visually she packs a bit more punch and carves out a little more elbow room for herself than we might think she would need. The subject is a sunny clutch of energetic blooms competing for space and resources in a rambling garden vignette. They have that English garden feel, more kitchen garden than formal border. At 13 inches by 14 inches, painted in acrylic on panel, what she lacks in size she more than makes up for with intensity. The composition features exuberant characters that range from poppy-like blooms to the suggestion of a rose. The colour story is a trio of red, yellow and blue. Each are well represented, though the yellows are earthy and lemon. The reds are clear and demanding, while the blues are dominantly mid-tones and intense. There is nothing subtle about these shrinking violets. The composition has some diagonal elements that help to suggest movement within the squabble of garden girls competing for attention. At the time I painted this series, I was also exploring working textiles. The dual arms of my studio practice were developing, yet also merging in new ways. I had applied for and was awarded an Arts Council grant to support my explorations that sought to find a way or ways to transform my painterly signature to fabric. I'd been advised on more than one occasion to make a choice, to find my voice in one media instead of spreading my limited work time thinly across both. I couldn't do it then, and I don't think I can now, so instead I sought ways to find common elements between the two, ways that I could elaborate on in some way down the road. My inexperience with blurred boundaries in my studio practice might have mimicked the issue blurring the lines between personal and public space. In my defence, though, if you had wandered into my front yard to photograph my garden, I would probably would have made you a cup of tea as we visited and sent you home with a cutting or two and probably some seed heads. I mentioned the trespassing series again in this episode because it was timely. The paintings of that series were small and portable and miraculously fit the limited space of the scanning bed I was able to access from my experiments. I needed an extremely high-definition image of an example of my work. Shrinking Violets was an image that incorporated a wide colour range and she fit the scanning bed, so that made her the perfect candidate for my initial experiments. 
So why bother with all this? Why go to all this trouble? Couldn't I just paint on fabric the same way I painted on canvas or panel? Well, I did try. Painting with dye and cloth produces a watercolour effect where the colours bleed or diffuse themselves across the surface. They soften into a delicate effect, much like watercolour. The word softness was not usually a word many would apply to a description of my work in acrylic, then or now for that matter. Watercolour is soft and delicate in comparison to the energetic and bold, some might say intense composition that evolved at the end of my paintbrush in acrylic. I could achieve some of the intensity of acrylic on panel, painting on fabric, if I added mediums to the colour. That might help the intensity and show the action of the paintbrush more effectively, but the surface would then become so hard and dense that I couldn't machine stitch through it. I'd end up breaking or gumming up needles as I tried to add machine stitching, stalled my progress. When the process of dye sublimation was introduced to me by a knowledgeable and supportive local firm, I was excited about the potential of our collaboration. In fact, I've continued to be inspired by this local company and have maintained a working relationship with them since about 2009. Shrinking Violets the painting had the colour range I thought would be a good place to start, and as well, she had several areas within the composition that I like to refer to as compositional seeds. These were areas of interest that I could see becoming compositions in their own right once moved through changes in media and scale. When the image of the shrinking violets was processed and I had a high-definition scan to work with, we began with the reds and the largest floral-like area at the bottom right-hand corner of the painting. The project became known as Seeding Apples from Oranges, partly because my photographer Rob was reading a seed catalogue at the time. Names can be literal or they can be descriptive. The first test print of the series was inspiring. The reds were delicious and so Red Delicious, the name of a variety of apples from the seed catalogue, became the working title of the art quilt that evolved out of that process. The name game can definitely be a tricky one. I always want to provide a secondary point of entry for a viewer or a client to make a personal connection to the visual image they are seeing. Sometimes that might be a song lyric, a description, something humorous or sometimes a cheeky reference to some kind of perceived personification of an inanimate object. Other times I have named paintings with the help I am offered from requests put out on my Instagram. Kaleidoscope and Wonderland are both recent examples of that name game. I don't have the advantage of using my photographer Rob's extensive vocabulary and interesting reading lists to help me with the titles now that he has moved well north of the city. I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but I should tell you that the finished art quilt Red Delicious did end up as a new beginning or a heading of a new chapter of my studio practice on the textile side. I did keep her and hung her in my bedroom so that I wake up to her flowing red gestures and meandering machine stitching lines that help to bring out the energy of the brush stroke on fabric. I have kept the first of many projects for the lessons they have taught me as my creative journey has developed, and that's where this podcast began, in the sharing of backstories illustrated through these various projects. Red Delicious finally found a home last spring, and though I was reluctant to let her go, everyone needs to fledge at some point. The original Shrinking Violets, the painting, also inspired a 39-inch square quilt I called Shrinking Violet, because the focus was on a singular image within the painting and not the entire gaggle of competitors from the original painting. 
This quilt happens to be draped over the railing in the kitchen right now. <laughs> Uncannily and handily, its label reads, The dye sublimation process has allowed me to transform my painterly signature to fibre without compromising the materiality of the paint or the malleability of the fabric surface. That's what I was trying to say earlier. From the leftovers of the last is where the next begins, I like to say. It's amazing how much material we can gather from a single image. In fact, those compositional details are often my favourites. They work their magic and draw me in to pay attention every time. I still have designs on examining these poppers, as we called them, when my girls and their little friends jostled to join me in my sewing room and to play with colour and fabric on the floor. One day I hope I might get to act on the lengthening list of ideas that keep me at work at play in my studio. Being away this last week, my painting schedule has had to adjust to my absence and put a few commitments on the back burner while I took in the inspiration of a new landscape and allowed myself to be present and take in some lovely sea air. Change is good and travel is better. Let's hope this returning trend continues for us all and fills us with inspiration to interpret the coming season in colour. I have a few takeaways from today's chat before we head into the meditation. Firstly, colour can pack a mighty punch no matter what the size. Big isn't always better. There is so much to explore we can't possibly be confined to a single focus so let's not beat ourselves up when we have squirrel moments. You just never know what magic we might discover in the road less travelled on our creative journeys. In our meditation practice today, I would like to take a minute to get comfortable in a space where you are not likely to be disturbed. A place where you can dedicate the next five or ten minutes just to you and the practice of being present. As always, if you are driving or operating heavy machinery, please come back to the podcast at a later time when you have the ability to safely dedicate this time to yourself. The story I would like to offer you comes from the small child within me. The one that was enthralled to watch a program called Adventure Island on Saturday mornings. Adventure Island was not about an island at all. It was a children's TV show in Australia in the 70s. For me, it was magical and I loved every opportunity I had to watch it. In one of the regular segments, three different shaped windows or mirrors filled the screen in a neat row. The trio included a rounded arch, a tall rectangle and a large oval. The camera eventually followed a route into one of the shapes and a vignette would be revealed after we crossed the threshold of the opening. It was usually a visual story of kids at play or maybe something about animals. I don't even remember. I just remember the tantalising choice deciding which window would draw me in and was it going to be the one the camera also chose. The important thing I know now that my younger self didn't know then is that we always have choice. I chose recently to read a book I was gifted, Flower Diary by Molly Peacock, in which artist Mary Heister Reed paints, travels, marries and opens a door, the quote reads. 
I found her life and work fascinating and the book to be beautifully written. The journeys we take, both real and imagined, tend to take us to new experiences. Molly Peacock wrote of Mary Hester Reed at one point in her journey. Paris life seemed to allow Mary, as if in a fairy tale, to pass through a mirror into her own ambition. I love that concept. I'd like to try to marry that idea with Adventure Island's row of windows to take us on a contemplated journey of our own. Now that you are comfortable, take a moment to ground yourself in your space. We use the breath to do this by breathing deeply in, purposefully and intentionally and expelling the air in a similar way we are redirecting an involuntary process in a very slight yet impactful way. Focus on your breath at your own pace as we settle in with ourselves. Breathing in and breathing out. Now I'd like to invite you to visualize the three shapes I described. A tall arch-topped window, a vertical mullioned rectangle, and a large segmented oval. The glass is reflective on each of these shapes, and within them are three different versions of yourself. Your much younger self, who is, let's say, nine or ten. A version of your present self. And lastly, a third, older and more mature version of you. Notice all three of the windows and the three very different reflections as you continue the cycles of your breath. Breathing in and breathing out, purposefully, until you find your gaze resting on one of the three shapes before you. Which version of you are you drawn to at this moment? If you were to come back to this exercise at another time, you might follow the lead of a different version of you. Allow yourself any time you want to take this practice to trust the version of you that you choose has something important to share with you. Instinctively, you will know which choice is the right one for you in this moment. Mentally accept the invitation to follow the chosen version of you across the threshold of the window you'll find you are instantly at ease in each other's presence. All the versions of you are equally welcoming and excited to have this moment to interface. Take a look around you. Use your purposeful breath to intentionally notice the visual cues that you see. What space is this version of you welcoming you into? Is it an indoor or an outdoor space? 
Is it a space you personally know, or is it something entirely new to you? Do your surroundings give you any clues or impressions? Take a mental note of what you feel and experience. Words may or may not be audibly shared. It might be a conversation. It might be a feeling or a particular knowing. Whatever it is, simply notice it. Life is often lived in the details. Try to take stock of the details around you. Be aware of the time of day or night. Be aware of the physical appearance of your former, present or future self as they reach out their hand to hold yours, to guide you into their space. Are you invited to take in the symbols of her aspirations or achievements? Or is this space devoid of material objects? Are you part of an expansive vista or a closed room? Is there a detectable season in terms of weather or time period? Can you tell? Does it even matter? Take in the essence of this version of yourself. Does he or she have anything they wish to share with you? Any thoughts or comments? Advice or projections? What do you innately understand about her circumstances by her presence here with you? Personally, I feel I am embraced by a smiling sister, someone unselfconscious and genuinely excited that I have arrived in her presence unannounced. She embraces me, holds me firmly, she sees me, knows me. She tells me she has been waiting for me. We have so much to share that I would ordinarily feel there was not enough time to visit. But in this sacred space, time doesn't seem to exist and we share in all the presence we desire or require. What does your version of you share? with or without words. What do you instinctively know about yourself in her presence? Take your time. Share all you wish to share with her now. Breathe and be present in your own present until you begin to feel the urge to say, not goodbye, but see you again soon. As you release each other's hands and make your way in opposite directions, 
I hope your heart feels fulfilled, loved, acknowledged. Open your eyes when you have engaged your physical body with small movements to begin with until you are aware and cognizant of your present surroundings. If you have the time, now would be a good time to take to your journal, but if not, I hope you will take the feeling and awareness of this connection to a deeper part of yourself with you as you make your way into the rest of your day. Be well, be more, and do a little less. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're able to find something that resonated for you as we journeyed through the backstories of art, life and inspiration together. Watch for new episodes to drop weekly on Tuesdays. I'll meet you there with your morning coffee or afternoon tea as we gather in my studio remotely. Unless, of course, you knock on my door or pop into my messages. Find me on Instagram at mandartcanada or on my website www.mandart.ca where you'll find show notes and images of the artworks we discuss on the podcast in the blog. Feel free to bring a friend or reach out with your questions or comments. I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, I will look forward to joining with you again as we seek wisdom at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Take care. Bye now.